Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. It's newsflash time with your bestie gals, Madison and Abby. Madison, hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm a sleepy goose this morning. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that. How are you? Pretty good. I see that you have drank most of your iced coffee already. Sure enough, sure already. enough have. Sure enough. So have. you're trying to get ahead of it. Oh yes, yes. We there are pushing through this morning. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm doing pretty good. I we had a little break after camp. Yes. By the way, everyone that has finished, and we had an absolute blast. Oh yeah. How oh, did yeah. you like your first camp experience? I loved camp. Good. Loved camp. You can't not. It's a doozy. Mm. It was a good time though. So much fun. Mm-hmm. I definitely went into like, I, have you ever heard of the camp blues? Yes. Okay. Definitely went into the camp no. blues. <laughs> no. No. It's so sad. But here we are. We're we're coming. We, we're back. We're back we only better took than ever. Like one day off. And I was then about to I got, say, we did get a whole day yeah, to, mm-hmm. to breathe. And then the weekend. So really, yeah. it was good. It meshed mm-hmm. all together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back. Did we take any more breaks? No. Why would we? Well, who does that? Do we have more things coming up at a breakneck speed? Yes. Sure. Sure. Oh, do. but this weekend, what else did we finish? Shoes of hope. Love. I, I like that you took the pause because I thought that I was going to have to say it. I thought you were I, waiting on me to say it. I was like, no, okay, I was, per. I was. I was. And you just, d- dramatic pause. I liked it. I do what I needed to do. You know? <laughs> She's a Pope and camp all finished. Crazy. In the past week or so. Yeah. Has it been two weeks since camp? I don't even remember. Um, I'm lost in time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just living for the day. They all went fantastic. They did. They did. Just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, got back in the office, and we are working toward Be the Difference. Be the Difference, baby. Concert of this century. Literally, there will never be a better one mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> it's going to be bomb, and I want everyone to come. Crazy. Why is it going to be so special? Who do we have there? Mac Powell, my dude, who, if you don't know his name, just like, you know, off the top of your head, he was the lead singer of Third Day. Mm-hmm. The Love. freaking killer praise band. And I'm telling you what, if you listen to the podcast and mm-hmm. you listen to him and how much fun he was yeah. and how genuine he was. He's so nice. So because, you know, fun fact, when you work on a podcast, you mm-hmm. get to chit chat before and after true, true. the actual things you record. Mm-hmm. So the man was so nice. Just very kind. Genuine all yeah. the way through. So I know you want to see him in concert after hearing him you have oh, a yeah. personal connection now he's homeboy sweet he's key so pie. buy your tickets yes buy your ticket yes brandon heath loved brandon heath, him winner, a winner. staple he really is he is he's sweet he guy mm-hmm. he'll be on the podcast coming up oop at he will. easter egg oop. <laughs> yeah for real. oop oop little surprise there no surprise i won't tell you when Pretend i didn't tell you i won't tell you she when tell but you just have to keep tuning in each yes. week to to find out yeah and then, oh, surprise, there's Brandon Heath. What? 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 <laughs> so we are working toward Be the Difference. We mm-hmm. need you to work on being at Be the Difference. Yes. We want you to connect. So Be the Difference. I don't know if we've talked about exactly what all it is. It's an awareness concert. Absolutely. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not trying to make profit off of this. Mm-hmm. We are trying to get kids 
advocates. Right. We want people to be passionate about these kids. We want people to listen to these kids. Mm -hmm. We want people to step up and and fight for these kids, whatever capacity that looks like. Mm -hmm. If that means opening your home, becoming a foster parent, Mm -hmm. fantastic. We're also going to present you a lot of other opportunities to Mm -hmm. be part of these kids' lives and their stories. So you can become GALs. We're going to have a GAL um, representative there to tell Mm -hmm. you how to sign up to be one of those. And what is a GAL? If you listen to the podcast, you should know. Mm -hmm. But... um, a bunch of different opportunities of so the like. So many people, so many organizations, mm-hmm. so many people that are already advocating yes. for the kids yes. that you can learn from and you can even support those advocates, mm-hmm. you know, just there's some, everybody can do something. Yes. And and mm-hmm. we're connecting you to people who are doing something. Yes. Um, we all fill in these gaps mm-hmm. of, of places that are needed. Mm-hmm. The kids have needs and all of these people are feeling those needs in one way or another um and then one thing that i that we put on um our agency like flyer that we sent out Mm -hmm. to them to let them know about it um foster children are helped best when they're helped by many true so let's all band together be be the difference and um figure out what your place is so we hope to see you there and today, you're going to have a special guest, Davon Woods. Mm-hmm. You might have seen him from him and his brother walking across America, which the I think whole, is really cool. The whole Americas. <laughs> the whole thing. The perimeter. The perimeter of America. <laughs> the circumference. They actually, yeah. they're doing all capitals Crazy. of the states. So yeah. super cool. He's going to tell you a little bit about that. He's going to tell you a little bit about his story. Um, and him and Susanna were actually interviewed. Susanna actually interviewed him during camp. So, yeah. flashback to camp, had over heart, miss it, love you, Bridge Camp, see you next year. Listen in. All right, we are in the podcast room. Um, actually, we're a little mobile today. We're not in our office. We are at camp, and so I don't know when this will air, but we have um, in the studio with us today, Davon Woods. So, welcome to the studio, Davon. Yes, it's a pleasure. So how I found out about Davon was actually my daddy was watching the news and he is like, have you heard about these twins that are walking all over? I was like, no. And I Googled you, looked you up, and then I messaged you and you messaged me back. And so I'm appreciative of you of um, doing that. But you came out to camp and that's where we are right now. But I just want to tell people or I want you to tell people your story. Um, so just... When did you come into foster care? What What is your story, Davon? Um, well, my mom, my biological mother, uh, she was doing drugs, uh, using crack while she was pregnant with me and my brother, Tavon. Um, the whole time she was pregnant with us, she never visited a hospital. In fact, she didn't even know she was having twins. Um, so whenever she went into labor, I came out first. It was getting ready to close her up. And that's when they discovered there was another baby uh, stuck under her rib cage. So they immediately did a emergency C-section. Um, and that's when they got Tavon out. Uh, we were so small. We were two pounds. Um, both of us was two pounds. So all together, four pounds, uh, tested positive for crack cocaine. Uh, I got, um, that's why I got this thing under my neck. They had to run a trach because we had breathing problems and different stuff like that. Um, immediately, DSS got involved. Um, my mom was telling my dad that my sister was going to get us. It's a lot of confusion going on. Um, so eventually, um, DSS came and took us right out of the hospital, uh, placed us into the foster care system. 
and then we got adopted at the age of two. Um, and everybody, once I tell people my story, they be like, "Yeah, got adopted at the age of two. They be like, "Oh, that's good." I was like, "No, it's not good," um, because honestly, growing up, an adoption is not what everybody think it is. Um, once you get adopted, there's no more caseworkers, no more people coming to check in on you. Um, this is now your family. You know, they don't, you don't, they don't sign your parents don't sign their rights over. So now these people are your legal guardians. Um, and in our case, it was like, we, I always felt like, okay, like why did y'all adopt us if y'all treating us like this? Um, oftentimes we felt like we were slaves, felt like they was doing it for the money. Um, you know, my parents never said, I love you. They never said, um, we rarely heard good job, you know, um, basketball, football, baseball games. They never showed up to our games. And it was just like always yelling. Like they was always fussing at us for no apparent reason. We going on family vacations, our adopted mom looking at us like we crazy, like everything that we done, we got fussed at. So it's like, it got, I got to a point where I was like, man, like, why do y'all even got us? Why did y'all even sign those papers? And, adopted us and at a young age I didn't really understand understood anything about the system um and it was just so crazy because you know they would beat us for no reason you know we always felt like we never had a voice so it's like can you imagine you already got taken away from your biological family now you place with these people that you have no idea who they are and in my case I didn't know because we got taken away at birth so it's like I didn't know that I was adopted so we hear it from friends and stuff at school. And then like our parents finally told us when we was probably like around 10, 11. So they didn't tell you growing up? No, we didn't know anything. We didn't. All I knew was my biological name. So my the name that I have now, Davon Woods, is not my biological name. My biological name is Daquan Jacobs. Once we got adopted, they changed my name. Um, so we were, we we wasn't told any information. I didn't what? know how my mama looked. I didn't know where I was from. Didn't know anything. Were there other kids in the home? Yes, our house was like a group home. Um, my adopted parents couldn't have kids, so they was adopting. Total, they probably had in that house, probably had at least the minimum probably fifteen kids. So we all came in pairs. You know, my they adopted like siblings. Um. But it's just like they never told us anything about ourselves. So we had to come up with our own story. Well, so in the state of North Carolina, that would have never had. I mean, you can only have five kids total. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's one of the reasons they do that. Well, it, it wasn't like all of us was in. The, well, m- matter of fact, it was more than five of us at one time. Um, but it, it more so was in Paris. So it was like my on my adopted side, I have three older sisters. They was there and then me and my brother was there. Um, and then after we, uh, they graduated, it was just me and Tavon for a while. And then my mom and, and them adopted four, uh, four girls. So, I mean, technically about six of us in the house. Um, so yeah, it was, it was most definitely, it was crazy. And the other, your adopted siblings, did they feel the same way? Exactly. Um, they most, all of us, majority went through the same thing. A lot of verbal abuse, uh, never being heard, uh, told, I love you, no affection, you know, it was just so crazy because I was so used to not getting hugs and stuff. It's like when people try to hug me when I got this age, it's like, man, like not even I wasn't used to that being told I love you, getting hugs, like kisses and stuff. I never received any of that. And as a man, you know, it, you know, that's that's important to get that stuff when you're young, because it's like, you know, that stuff help you out. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like not receiving it. It just turned me into a whole different person that I didn't want to be. So how did that affect you later in life, like your teenage years? What did that look like in that home? Oh, uh, well, it was it was hard growing up. Um, I myself tried to commit suicide several times um, because I used to always look in the mirror, you know, just just doing just going looking in the mirror, trying to figure out who I was as a person because I didn't know anything. So I would go in the mirror and just look at myself. And just try to figure out like where did I came from, why I'm, I'm here, and you know I was so broken, and I was just like, man, maybe the world would be better if I'm not here, you know, maybe, you know, that's that's what us kids going through the system think, you know, and I just wanted to commit suicide, but the only thing that really kept me honestly was my brother, because I was like, man, if I commit suicide and I die, my brother gonna be here all by himself. Um, so but Ta- it, Tavon saved your life. Yes. Um, but growing up was very hard. Started smoking and drinking around the age of 11. Um, was so broken trying to fill those voids. Um, and I thought smoking and drinking was, you know, and, and just just like I said, my mom uh, was doing drugs while pregnant with us. Her and my dad both sold drugs. They both did five years in prison apiece. Um, so it's like I didn't know anything about my background. So when I was like around 10, 11, having that urge to smoke and drink, I didn't know where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. thought it was normal. You know, honestly, it was like I was trying to smoke anything, like anything, like whatever I see, I was trying to smoke it. Um, but as a child, I didn't, I didn't underst- understood why I was having that urge to smoke and drink. But n- when I finally found my biological family, I was like, OK, it all makes sense now. So now you try and stay away from that because you know that you're kind of. Yeah, I've been I've been clean now for about six years. Um, no smoking, no drinking, none of that. But it's like I got to a point where I was, and I was telling the, the young, uh, some of the young people last night, I got to a point where I used to smoke so much, it got to a point where I felt like I wasn't getting high anymore. Mm. Uh, because I would always smoke constantly like, every day, you know, just to keep my mind off of certain things. And, uh, you know, it's like oftentimes, you know, we try to uh, get all of these temporary fixes Instead of actually fixing our problems, we try to get these temporary fixes to fix our problems. But to be honest, they temporarily, so they, they're not going to last. Once you get off that high, it's right back to reality. That problem is still going to be there. Um, so the 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 thing is, you got to be able to fix that problem. Um, and that's something I didn't understand. So. Yeah. So we're in the studio with Davon, and we are going to come back next week um, and finish hearing his story. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do. Mm-hmm.